Hello? Hey, it's a four-way. Is everybody on? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Present. Oh my god, you're never gonna believe what I just heard. Bitch, we need to be in person for this one. I'm on my way. I'll grab the champagne. Perfect. See you guys in ten. Welcome back, toppers. I have another true crime case for you. Are you shocked? You shouldn't be. At this point, this podcast is either a group game or me sitting alone in my bedroom talking about a true crime case. So, there's that. Um, I am seeking a therapist as we speak because clearly I'm not in the right mindset. Anyway, this week, I have a true crime case for you, like I literally just said, so I don't know why I'm repeating myself already, but I need to give a humongous trigger warning. This is going to be talking about the murder and rape of a child, so please, if anything like that triggers you, I will not be offended if you click off. We have episodes from the past that are a lot more lighthearted and we will have episodes in the future that are also a lot more lighthearted so please if you think that this is going to trigger you or be hard for you to listen in any way click off now okay i gave you the opportunity so if you're listening still you're doing that of your own volition so let's get started so we're going to be talking about a little girl by the name of april marie tinsley April was born on March 18th, 1980 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. At the time of this case, she was only eight years old. Can you believe that? A a child. Literally eight. The people who do this stuff, there's a special, special place in hell for you. I believe that because I can't even get into it. How can you do something to a child? Moving on. So, April decided that she was just going to go pick up this umbrella that she had left at her friend's house. She, it was going to be a normal day, just going to take a little walk down the street to her friends. This was on April 1st, 1988. This was the last time anyone she knew saw her. It's when she went missing. Her mother, knowing her daughter, realized very, very quickly that her child was missing, which is good like in most cases the sooner that you report anyone especially child missing um the more time you have to search for them which you know the more time you have the better the outcome unfortunately in this case that was not the case so by 3 p.m that same day her mom filed a missing persons report and because of how young april was the police immediately started searching for her but as we know they found nothing for a while. Uh, After three days, a jogger in the town of Spencerville, Indiana, came across poor little Tinsley's lifeless body in a ditch on the side of this rural, rural road in, I want to say the town is called DeKalb. DeKalb? Don't know. I'm sorry if you live in Indiana and I'm pronouncing this horribly. You get what I'm trying to say. I'm trying my best, okay? Um, An autopsy quickly revealed that she had been raped and her death was caused by her being choked. Her underwear, they found, contained the suspect's semen, but unfortunately, it was such a small amount that they couldn't really do anything with it because at this time, DNA was still very new to the criminal justice system. Like, 
they didn't have advanced technology to do anything with it and especially because such a it was such a small amount that they couldn't do anything with it so they were kind of just left with this little bit of evidence and this poor little girl with really nowhere to go from that so police kind of were relying on tips to like help them solve this case at this point because they found they found her body and they didn't have any evidence to go off of and the town was just living in fear because somebody was out there killing children or a child but you know it could be children so the town was like we need we need to catch this guy like he's killing our kids eventually the case grew cold when um a couple years have passed nothing had come of it until may of 1990 when in a barn they just found scribbled on a wall a confession in the town of grable indiana which the killer waited a couple years and then i don't know what he was thinking like bro have you never watched a crime show like you got away with it stop giving them evidence to work with you know like obviously i want him to be caught obviously but like at this like come on he he no thoughts no i'm not thinking clearly we all know he wasn't in his right mind anyway but the scribble on the wall said and i quote i kill eight-year-old april marie tinsley i will kill again and they spelled the word again wrong they spelled it a-g-i-n i mean i get it i'm bad at spelling too but bro come on even though it was like barely a sentence that this man left on the wall it did give police a clear picture of the killer's like mind how he worked i guess they could tell a lot the fact that like the way he worded things the fact that he misspelled something like he he wasn't the smartest bulb in the bunch you know what i'm saying like if you ever watched a show of criminal minds you know that they 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 can tell a lot with just a little bit of information So, I'm sure they came up with this whole profile about this man. So, once again, the police of Fort Wayne um, relied on tips, mostly, from the public. And they, now that they had a little more evidence, they were hoping that they were closer to solving this murder. Dan Camp said every tip that came in, we investigated. Dan had worked on the case for five years. Every tip, hundreds of tips. So, after a while, you start thinking to yourself, oh, geez, you know, this is just another dead end. It would take 14 more years until more evidence came out or something else happened that related to this case 14 years what that is a long time so 14 years later on memorial day weekend in 2004 a little girl named emily higgs found a plastic bag on her pink bicycle I would like you all to take a guess on what you think was in this plastic bag and keep in mind this man was not in his right mind no unfortunately if you guess lipstick or 50 cents or a tissue you would be wrong in this plastic bag the seven-year-old girl brought it to her mother and the mother was appalled by what she found inside inside this plastic bag was a used keyword used condom and a threatening letter if i had a child (laughs) And they ever had something like this happen to them. First of all, they would not leave my side until this person was caught. But second of all, I think I would kill every male 
specimen that walked the earth because who who does shit like that i mean i know who people not in their right mind but come on anyway the note that was in this little girl's little bag of fun said i am the same person that kidnapped raped and killed april tinsley you are my next victim this happened only 16 miles um from fort wayne where the original murder happened that made the higgs family quickly remember the whole case of april tinsley because remember at this point it had been 14 years so i'm sure even though people were still scared that this man was on the loose they kind of pushed it to the back of their mind and they immediately notified the authorities who realized that the handwriting was similar to the message that was left on the barn just two years after the murder of april and 12 years prior to this note being found as well as this little package being sent three more similar packages were found by other little girls in the fort wayne area at the same time they basically had like the same information and misspellings threats use condoms whatever in them come on like i cannot i cannot i cannot i cannot um one of the other notes that was left said hi honey i've been watching you i am the same person that kidnapped and rape and kill april april spelled a-p-r-o-i-l tinsley you are my next victim victim spelled v-i-t-e-m i know i'm bad at spelling but at least I know victim has a C in it, bro. Come on, get it uh, together. The, the Higgs mother, the little girl's mom, the original, like the girl with the pink bike found the note. The mom was like, this man clearly wants to be caught because what is he doing giving them a used condom? With, it's like DNA jackpot. Come on. So the FBI at this point, was assisting the local police in their investigation, clearly, because the local police, it's taken them 14 years, and they haven't had any luck solving the case. Since DNA was, like, just being started being used to solve cases when Tinsley was originally killed in 1988, the FBI now had access to advanced technology, and they wanted to use this to help finally catch this sick, sick man. So, the whole note found by Emily Higgs. I have a picture of it. Let me... So, this is 2004 note written by April Tinsley's killer that was found by Emily Higgs. The whole note says, hi, honey. I've been watching you. I am the same person that kidnapped and raped and killed April Tinsley. You're my next victim. If you don't report this to police on, I don't see this in the paper tomorrow or on the local news, or I will blow or you. I don't think that was English, (laughs) because that's what the note said. I swear I was not just having a stroke. Okay, so that's what the note says. So, finally, we have this detective named Brian Martin. He ended up contacting this uh, DNA lab called Paradon Nano Lab, I think that's what it's called, for help with this new DNA in hopes that they would finally solve the 1988 Tinsley case with these new condoms found in 2004. So, the company does their thing. They test the DNA. I don't know what they're doing, but they're tracing it back to other, like, DNA that they have. I'm assuming they use, like, the same stuff that if you do ancestry doc, not ancestry doc, yeah, I think ancestry has those, like, spitty tubes you can use, or like uh, 23 Me, I think that they, they use like the same stuff there. Because you know when you 
when you send that stuff in, you click that they can use, they can do stuff with your DNA. You know what I mean? So let's say one of my cousins decides to kill someone. Sorry, I gave my spit to 23andMe, so you gonna get caught. I'm not sorry. Anyway, this company does their thing, and they end up quickly matching this DNA to two different profiles in this genealogy database. One of these two profiles was by a man named John D. Miller, who was living in this trailer park on lot number four in Grabill Mobile Home Park, which was so close to the barn where that scribbly note was found two years after the murder. So the investigators end up finding out that this man's DNA matches and they're like, okay, okay, we finally got him. We just need to like double check that this man's the guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like we need to double check. We need to get current DNA from him and match it to the DNA from the condom that we have, you know? So they end up going through this man's trash naturally and they um, get some stuff from this man's trash and they end up matching the DNA to the DNA from the used condoms. And they ended up going to this guy six days after finding all this out and they asked him, hey, Miller, why do you think we're here right now? You know, like, it's like when they pull you over and they're like, you know why I pulled you over today? Normally, the average innocent person would say, no, why did you pull me over? Why, why, why are you asking me questions? I didn't do anything. But this man just says, April Tinsley. That's enough for me. I'd be like, ding, ding, ding. We have the killer. So clearly, um, this leads to the arrest of Miller. And it shocked a lot of people in the town, including some guy named Wilmer Delagrange, who was the president of the town council of Grable. And he often like ran into Miller at the local inn. And he was just shocked. He was like, I guess you would be shocked if you ran into someone all the time. Like if, if the guy guy if i see someone like at the coffee shop every day i don't expect them to have murdered somebody you know what i mean wilmer says quote i never probably more than just said hi to him at the restaurant he would never comment back on anything you know just sort of grunt i don't know what time of day or night he brought that little girl into town but it just makes me sick clearly i mean i hope if you would have known something you would have reported him so this miller is arrested he's now being questioned and he ends up telling the cops every little detail of his crime and he says that it all he just ended up he was just driving down the street when he happened to see april tinsley walking down the same street he was driving on he drove a little bit up the road parked this sh- parked on the side of the street and stood outside of his car and waited for her so it sounds like he wasn't necessarily targeting her but then it's just like wrong place, wrong time for her. And he saw her and he just decided to do what we know he ended up doing. So he was waiting outside of his car. And then um, once she got to his car, he ordered her to get in. He ended up taking her to his trailer that he was still living in when he ended up getting caught. So he never moved away from the scene of the crime. He ended up admitting that he choked Tinsley to death after he raped her because he was afraid of getting caught. He then Uh, just dumped her body in a ditch off of county road 68 because what else was he gonna do he just looks like i see i'm seeing his mugshot right now like if that man walked down by me in a street i would know something was something was not right you know what i'm saying so after janet tinsley april tinsley's mother finds out that finally 
30 years later, this man that killed her daughter was caught. She said, I quote, right now I'm numb. I can't believe it's finally here. As Miller stood feet from Tinsley's family, Judge Serbeck charged him with felony murder, child molestation, and criminal confinement. He barely escaped the death penalty and was sentenced to 80 years in prison with no chance of appeal, which Tinsley's family ultimately found agreeable. There are a lot of questions answered in the trial, but it would have been difficult for the family to hear some of the things Mr. Miller talked about and he'll do the rest of his life in prison, said Martin. The family expressed concerns about justice and to me, prison is where we wanted him and I'm okay with that. In recent years, other cold cases like Tinsley's have been solved as DNA testing and genealogy technology advances. For example, the 40-year-long case of the Golden State Killer was solved in a similar fashion when authorities seized the suspect's trash, which contained his DNA. In 2016, that suspect was consequently matched to the DNA found at one of the crime scenes back in the 1970s. The killer, former police officer... Former police officer Joseph James D'Angelo pled guilty in 2020. This only got solved. Now, we're now talking about the Golden State Killer. This only got solved last year. Bro, what the hell? And the fact that he was a former police officer. and just like, oh, come on. I'm not shocked. As for Miller... He will be released from the Newcastle Correctional Facility on July 15, 2058. It'll be six days after his 99th birthday and 70 years after he murdered an innocent child. If he lives to 99, there, there's no way that man's living to 99. First of all, I hope he gets what he deserves in jail. Mm-hmm. If they find out that he, what he did to that child, he's going to get what he, what he has coming. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, that is the case of April Tinsley, which took 30 years to solve. That, that's crazy that it took that long, but I'm just glad that it ended up eventually being solved because I couldn't imagine that mother never getting closure. You know, thank you for listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about um, a traumatizing story for myself involves ghosts the paranormal we'll look out for that after that episode we have special guests coming on for the next three weeks after that so we have a lot planned for the rest of the summer it's not over yet baby catch you next week bye <laughs>